From local to global, we bring you the best conversations with your favorite athletes and Olympians. This is the Olympics.com podcast. Welcome to a very special Olympics.com podcast. You know, in the rare air of South Dakota in the United States West, there's an historic tourist attraction called Mount Rushmore. You may have heard of it. Can you name the four American presidents chiseled into the face of that mountain? <laughs> Doesn't matter. My guest for this transcendent episode is a man who would be front and center on a Mount Rushmore of basketball coaches, Mike Shashevsky. Coach K, as everyone has come to know him, has a resume that could easily cover a 90 by 50 foot basketball court. Uh, coaching our U.S. Olympic team and three Olympics was the honor of my wife. Captain of the U.S. Military Academy, the Army basketball team at West Point. Eventually, Duke took a flyer on this Mike Krzyzewski dude. Rough start, but slowly he became Coach K, building an iconic, dominant college basketball program, leading the Blue Devils to a record 13 Final Fours, winning the Collegiate National Championship five times. During his time, Coach K also broadened his coaching horizons into the international realm, assistant coach to Bobby Knight on the gold medal winning 1984 LA Olympic champions. Yeah, Michael Jordan was just starting his role. He was on that team. Then Coach K assisted Chuck Daly on that iconic dream team, the 1992 Summer Olympics champion. Really a lot of pressure. Not like you lost your conference tournament or whatever. You're going to lose. It's the world. It's the whole world. And, uh, but I, I loved it. He also got involved internationally coaching the USA at world championships. Then after the USA stumbled to an unheard of and unacceptable bronze medal at the 2004 Athens Olympic tournament, Jerry Colangelo was tasked with rebuilding USA basketball, getting back to that dynasty level. So who are you going to call? Well, first call to Coach K. And thus the USA Redeem team was born. Eventually, Coach K led the USA back to the top of the world, winning gold at Beijing 2008, London 2012, and Rio 2016. They came together and did it when they had to. Yeah. When, when the pressure was really on in the gold medal game, they played their best game of the tournament. And there's a smile from Mike Krzyzewski. That is definitely the first time he smiled. The whole time he's in Rio de Janeiro. Among the many lasting contributions, Coach K drilled into his team an ultimate respect for international teams and the international game. Now these days he's retired, sort of, still very active with Duke basketball and has many thoughts coming up on this podcast about his Olympic experience from assistant coach with the gold medal winning USA team at LA 1984 and of course the dream team right up to a look ahead to Paris 2024 where Warriors head coach Steve Kerr takes over for USA basketball at the Olympics without further delay coach K Olympics.com podcast an exceptional experience awaits us all Coach K, welcome to this Olympics.com podcast. Thank you so much for joining us, Coach. Yeah, well, it's an honor to be on. You know, I, uh, for me, uh, coaching our U.S. Olympic team and three Olympics was the honor of my life and my career. The whole world, the Olympics, and that's why I even wore one of my Olympic outfits today just to 
be in the mood. Perfect. I love the USA Basketball logo. Uh, when you first stepped into the Olympic world, 1984 U.S. national team winning gold in L.A., how was coaching for your country different from your normal coaching basketball duties? Well, it, one, uh, I was a coach at Duke at that time, Coach Knight. I was not on his, I, I, I did the scouting for it, and I was not on his permanent staff. I was like an auxiliary, but uh, I was there the entire time and set in on the meetings. And uh, the, uh, the level of preparation, even though Coach Knight, one of the great coaches of, of any sport of all time, great prepare when he's coaching his country's team wow you know the detail there and the people that he had around him you know with coach newell being there uh, mr iba you know just uh mr iba's one of our olympic coaches and uh two time and uh just to be around that i learned so much and uh, about prep about preparation and uh, really a lot of pressure. It's not like you lost your conference tournament or whatever. You you're gonna lose. It's the world. It's the whole world. Uh, but I I loved it, and uh, uh, that experience helped me uh, as I move forward in my commitment to being with USA Basketball. No doubt. And then the dream team, uh, the most talented. We could go on and on about that. Talent, rock stars, never really challenged in Barcelona. I mean, you know Coach Daly never called a timeout. You may have asked him to, but he refused. <laughs> did the Olympics still mean more to them? Uh, did you see Olympic spirit in, in that incredible intergalactic talent? Yeah, you know, it's really one of the cosmic uh, shifts in worldwide basketball. And uh, we should thank David Stern and uh, the NBA for really making that happen because the rest of the world, everyone was a professional athlete. We were still sending young players. They were sending men and women uh, to every sport. And uh, for those guys, uh, Larry Bird, Michael Jordan, Magic Johnson, and the rest of the guys, uh, it was such an honor for them to represent their country. And you know what they did? I, uh, they brought the NBA culture because they helped build the NBA to the Olympic movement for USA basketball. And it, when saying that, it was not just how you played, it's uh, uh, how you acted, how you represented they were exquisite in what they they did. They were gentlemen, and uh, again, I learned a lot. Uh, I was one of the assistants with PJ Carlissimo, Lenny Wilkins, and uh, Tip Daly did a masterful job with that team. Uh, and you know, everyone said, "Well, it's no brainer. They're they're going to win." It's never a no brainer. <laughs> if it's a no brainer, then you're a no brainer. You know. <laughs> uh, like you're a, a knucklehead if you think uh, think that way. And uh, Chuck's personality, and obviously he was an NBA champion and uh, uh, really wore another coaching style, you know, like uh, Coach Knight, Coach Daly. You know, you learn from great, you know, being around great and also from 
the, the guy Wenny Wilkins wasn't bad. Oh yeah, uh, <laughs> who also became an, an Olympic coach. So you, you get into that, and people prepare and think differently than they do. And they're you know as much as I we had won a couple national championships at Duke, but this was a, at a higher level. Yeah, you go to the first practice, uh, standing at midcourt, and I think I'm pretty good. We won two national champ. I'm looking around. There's Michael Jordan, and Larry Bird, and you know, looking up David Robinson and Pattinson. Holy mackerel! <laughs> I hope I don't make a mistake. And I go from uh, I don't think I was being egotistic, but a pretty good ego to where, all right, I got to build up the better one. Yeah, uh, and and uh, but and those guys could not have been better. They could not have been better. The 2004 Athens Olympics. I happened to be fortunate enough to be there covering it. Team USA was good. I mean, Tim Duncan was there, but not good enough. Right. The world had caught up. Basketball people, you remember, fans in the U.S. couldn't believe it. So Jerry Colangelo hired to rebuild USA basketball. Brings you in. What was job one back then? Other than obviously getting Kobe and getting the best to commit. Well, it, it really, you know, started before 2004. The teams either beat us or almost beat us. Uh, and uh, the main thing was to learn, instead of saying they should play our game, we, sh we, f we, we had to learn how to play the international game and, and develop uh, two Cs, uh, culture and continuity. And uh, those were two things that the other countries, especially those were the glory, the glory years for uh, Spain and Argentina. I mean, they just, they were, they would have been outstanding NBA teams. And uh, you weren't going to beat them by putting a coach in charge for three weeks and getting 12 people. You had to make you you have to pay, you have to pay the price of preparation, and and hopefully develop a culture based on values and a way we're going to do this and respect the way the world play the game, and then try to it's a different game, it's less minutes, a different ball, different way of looking at some of the administration of the game, and instead of complaining about refereeing and saying well. That's not the way it is. No, no, that is the way it is. It, but we're accustomed to a different way. And no excuses, and uh, and a lot of change. And uh, and I became the first national coach. That was part of the the strategy of whoever it was was going to have it for a four year period. We had it the first one for three years, so that you could learn and think about it over a four-year cycle, you weren't just thinking about it for the month that you were you were coaching and develop relationships and that. So that was a key change. And putting Jerry Colangelo in charge was the ultimate good change. And uh, Jerry wanted uh, autonomy. Uh, he got it. And you know what he did too? He created a lot of partnerships uh, where people would support our Olympic movement, and uh, that he raised a lot of money for not just our program, but for the development programs. So it wasn't just the national team, men's national team, 
getting support. It was a cosmic change in how we supported all of our youth teams, the women's teams, and that. And uh, uh, to me, what what Jerry did was uh, really one of the great, great things anybody has done for sport in our country, for for best for our sport in our country. All right, so you're the head coach now. What was your biggest challenge in coaching these guys, the philosophy? How do you get the best from these guys who are almost as good as the dream team? Yeah, no, or, you know, they, they are at that point. Yep. And, uh, you know, it's, uh, uh, they're, they're some of the greatest players ever, you know, on, on the team. Certainly in, in that era, they are, and, and they, they, they could compete in other eras. The main thing was to develop ownership where they weren't playing for, they were USA Basketball. And we did that by uh, developing standards for our team where everybody contributed, common ground, and make sure they could bring their egos in. We wanted them to bring their egos in, but put them all under that USA umbrella and have a common sense of purpose and uh, uh and so we did a lot with the military. Uh, for I was going to ask you about that. I mean, that's a big yeah. part of what you do. Yeah. Well, there's nobody who understands selfless service and commitment to country better than our military. And for our guys to be around them and hear the stories, they, you know, instead of saying they bought in, they learned. You know, no one had to sell them. They just had to be, uh, they to be made aware. Oh, I could feel this way about playing. I, I could feel different about playing for the Celtics, Lakers. You know, all and good. You got to feel a little bit different playing for the U.S. And uh, they got it. They were, they were so good. You know, the the guys. And once we got that going. Then the world championship teams that we had and the other Olympic teams, there was a sense of, okay, we now know what we're doing. And we had some of that continuity with staff going forward and players going forward. So you weren't starting new all the time. The other countries weren't starting new. They would get together. It's like a family. It's like a family reunion. And uh, especially in our sport, there are only five guys playing. And the chem- chemistry in our sport and familiarity with one another is huge. And it makes makes offenses and defense uh, defenses a lot better. Yeah. Was redeem really a thing? I don't know if our guys, a little bit like, like that. Uh, that wasn't our, you know, we didn't put that message across. We just said we're getting our butts beat. <laughs> we, let's win the gold medal, and it became that like redeemed thing. Uh, and uh, the guys talked about it, but we we didn't make it as like our motto or or whatever. We just we had our eyes on the prize, the gold medal, and uh, really a key question all the time. the The main question that I that I told them, I said. You're only going to be asked one question. Did you win? You know, and if you start off saying how much you scored or rebounded, then I'm going to know you lost. Uh, and so uh, 
they understood that perfectly. So there was unselfishness, togetherness, the acceptance of any role, uh, really beautiful in, in uh, how these great players adhered to that. In fact, you know, Dwayne Wade, uh, who was, he was the leading scorer. We had like four double figure, right. high double figure scores, a lot, but Dwayne was the leading scorer by a little bit and he came off the bench and I asked him, I said, I need, would you coach, I'll do anything you want me to do. Um, and that's really how every one of those guys were, I'll do anything you want me to do. Let's just win. Pretty cool. Yeah. To, yeah, there was, I love, I love them. And I love that they did that without tricks or threats or, you know, they did it because they wanted to do it. And they, uh, our goal was uh, really three-pronged. Uh, we wanted to win the gold medal, but we wanted to win the respect of our country. And the third thing, we wanted to re re win the respect of the world. And so it wasn't just winning, it was how we were going to win, to show respect for the international game because it's a beautiful game. And I don't think I don't think we did that before. And we've continued to do it. And and we should. The NBA right now, one quarter of the players are international. Right. <laughs> you know, the, there are a lot of great players, great coaches and teams out there. No one has... No one has uh, the game monopolized, you know. However, I'll tell you one, I always felt and still feel the thing we can do better uh, was play defense. And we had to learn to play defense against a different type of basketball, not one- and two-man games, more continuities and uh, stuff like that. But if we play defense, we should be the favorite. If we don't, it's going it's to be up for grabs. That is so well said. All right, so two more golds for you, Popovich in Tokyo. Now Steve Kerr's opportunity going to Paris 2024. What has to happen to improve from another World Cup where, you know, you and I may understand that if you don't bring your best, you're not going to win. But, I mean, getting back on the podium at the Olympics, again, it's, uh, it's not a redeem thing, but they want to get back where they believe they belong, right? Yeah, well... Steve Kerr is one of the really outstanding coaches and guys, and th their staff is terrific. And they'll get all the support that that they need. We need a commitment from uh, the key players, the U.S. players, that uh, the same level of commitment that uh, the international teams have had. Although I saw a little bit of a deterioration of that during the World Cup. Some of the great international players did not play. Right. And, and obviously, not all of our great players played. Uh, but uh, it starts with with talent. You know, you to assume that you're going to win without top-level talent is a, a poor assumption. So I know Grant Hill, uh, Steve Kerr, and everyone, they're going to work hard uh, to figure out it, and it may not be the 12 best American players, but it has to be a number of the best players, along with players that will uh, uh, complement the, the other players. You know, uh, and uh, 
So the makeup of the team, it starts with the makeup of the team. There's, there's no, no question about that. You know, just like if you're, if you're a chef, it starts <laughs> with the ingredients you put into the meal. And then how do you make the meal? Uh, uh, and so I hope we get that level of commitment from the players. And then so they have an adequate no- amount of time to prepare. I'm not sure of when their camp will start. No, but you need you need preparation. The toughest Olympics of the three for me was London, and uh, and the reason it was that strike shortened season. The Olympics were earlier. Our guys were fried, you know. So you, but we had continuity. That was that was where continuity won. We had five guys from our 2018, five guys from our 2010 World Championship team. And then we added Harden and, and Anthony Davis. So even though it was shortened, we knew each other. They knew me. They knew my staff. They, you know, I, I, actually, this is the first time I've talked about this, where I thought we won because of continuity. And it overcame the short the shortness of everything, and because the other teams don't need as much, they got it all the time. Right? They they have it all the time, and so again, Steve will. How many guys from the World Cup team, or how many guys from Pop's team? How many guys have played in this before, but also have played for you? You know, <laughs> like uh, what you're what you're doing, and. But it's a it, it's not easy, and uh, Paris will bring out the best of all the countries. There, there's there's no question about it. And there are so many good NBA players international. Yep. And people have to remember. Well, we have all the players. Look, you play five at a time. <laughs> That's it. Yep. Five at a time, and uh, so uh, it, it'll be a big challenge. But I'm glad Steve is coaching and. I just hope he gets the guys that he needs mm-hmm. and uh, he'll know what to do with them. So you had multiple opportunities to listen to NBA offers. I know you've been asked this many times. I'm just wondering what deep down kept you from that n- next challenge or maybe you didn't view it as a challenge. I, you know, Everybody wants to know, how come you never went to the Celtics or the Lakers? Yeah, well, those were two, especially the Lakers, uh, the Dave Gavitt in 1990 with the Celtics because I I think he was as good as anybody ever. Mm-hmm. Uh, uh, and uh, 2005 with the Lakers. But, you know I love Duke and I love college, especially how it was then. I'm not sure I if it was today and I was that age if I wouldn't have gone. Hmm. Uh, uh, but. Uh, I never looked at it as a challenge to go to the NBA. I thought it was pretty challenging to try to win the ACC <laughs> or the national. That's challenge enough, you know. How how deep do you want to? Do you have to swim in the water, you know? But uh, I got my fix. The eleven years I coached the U.S. team, I loved it, and it made me appreciate the NBA even more. And that's why I, 
I'm associated with it now in an advisory role. Uh, Coach Wooden, when he passed, uh, it was said he's the gold standard of coaches. You said he is not only the gold standard of coaches, but also of people. And I would say, Coach K, you are following closely in Coach Wooden's footsteps. Thank you for all you do for not only for basketball, but, you know, for the U.S. and and just having the right approach to life. Thank you for joining us on the uh, podcast. Yeah, you're welcome. You know, I've been fortunate that to be at West Point, to be at Duke, to be with USA Basketball, you're around the best, you know, and uh, uh, I, I've learned a lot from that, and I, I'm truly appreciative, and, and I really enjoyed uh, our conversation. Thank you so much, and uh, maybe before Paris 2024, we can reel you back in for a few minutes. Sure, I'd love to do that. <laughs> okay. Hopefully to talk about what great talent we have. Exactly representing the United States. Precisely. Yeah. And uh, good luck right. with all your side things. You know, you're, you're now becoming, uh, you know, a podcast expert, right? <laughs> I, well, I don't know expert, but uh, uh, it's worked out all right. For sure. Be well. Take care. This is the Olympics.com podcast. 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 Loved every minute of that. What fun that was for me. These days, Coach K is busy as always, continuing his weekly show, Basketball and Beyond, with Coach K starting his 19th season and exciting new stuff. He's now hosting his own Sirius XM show, airing weekly on, yeah, Sirius XM. He also said, you may have heard him, said he'd come back right here to join us on the Olympics.com podcast just before the Paris 2024 Olympics, where Team USA hopes to make it five gold medals in a row. Much more basketball original content for you across our platforms here, including one of my faves, Throwback Thursday, a trimmed-down version of that epic Beijing 2008 gold medal game, USA-Spain, a classic. Coach K's first Olympic team, the Redeem Team, trimmed to just 37 minutes for your quick consumption. It has almost 11 million views on YouTube. That's it for this episode of the Olympics.com podcast. Hit us up at Olympics with any feedback you have. We love feedback. It helps us to get better. You can also hit me up on my Twitter at TK Sports Tweets. Thanks for being a part of the Olympic community. Make sure to follow the Road to Paris 2024 Olympic qualification process right here as well. We'll see you next time. For more in-depth and original Olympics-related feature content, search our platforms here on Olympics.com. 